Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Karsten Justin Golf Podcast. Justin, how's it going? It's going well. How's it going? We've got a lot to discuss here today, Justin, with the waste management. Phoenix Open just concluding this past weekend. A lot went down on Sunday, and there are a lot of different topics, a lot of different situations that we can discuss. Uh, but we're going to narrow it down to just a few for the for the listeners. Um, we're also going to get into some other events that happened around the world of golf this past weekend that were actually to the golfing community, um, as well as discuss you know our thoughts on on some of the the new rules and, and how they're they're affecting play out there on tour. And then we'll wrap it up with a little bit of preview for the Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am, uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this next week. And we will also give you the uh, the golf quote of the week, as well as the go- featured golf course of the week. So short amount of time, we have a lot to cover. We'll get right at it um, and start with the waste management. So Justin, what were your thoughts of the, of the play over this past weekend? Yeah, it was it was very exciting. Very everything that it, it was made out to be the 16th hole was crazy, uh, even in the earlier days. And then you had a, a jam packed leaderboard with uh, star names at the top. Like you you saw the final day, just the top three were Kucher, Thomas, and, and Fowler. Like those are three three fan favorites, three of the three of the best in the world. And um, obviously, Ricky's got lots of history at that tournament. Uh, Kucher's won. He had won two of the last three weeks. And Justin Thomas uh, was a player of the year not too long ago and uh, is, like, I believe, like four in the world or something. So very right. exciting leaderboard. And um, and obviously Sunday was was mind-boggling with, with the rules and everything. I mean, Sunday, Justin, was honestly incredible. I, I really don't think in all my years of watching golf, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um, you know, you had Ricky Fowler, who's traditionally struggled in final rounds of golf tournaments, especially when he's had to lead out of the 54. He's held six 54 hole leads. He's only converted one of those 54 hole leads. Only has he has now five ones on tour, including the waste management and the players. But he out of all six of those rounds and out of seventh to it, he shot over par in the final round of the tournament. The only reason he was able to win this tournament yesterday was because no one really put any pressure on him. I mean, Grace got up there and actually took the lead at one point, but you know, he, I mean, there was a little bit of pressure at that point of the tournament, a little bit of pressure on Fowler, but no one really put a lot of pressure on him on those last three holes of the tournament because Grace, you know, he, he made a mess of 17, Justin. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he bogeyed 17 and that's normally an automatic birdie. I mean, he was kind of hanging with Ricky, um, but it was just a strange round. You know, any of the listeners out there who were watching the round, I mean, some of the things that, that occurred, I mean, Ricky had, he started off had a, like a five, six shot lead at one point, you know, going into hole 11, he wasn't playing well at all. He was putting well, but kind of hitting all over the place. He hit a dead shank on hole <laughs> three. I mean, uh, that was absolutely incredible to witness, but, but Justin, what occurred on eleven? I think was the 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 fine, you know, the major point that we can take away, the major issue that we can take away from the tournament. Yeah. To let the listeners know, he, you know, he bladed. He, it was kind of a what would you call it, Justin? A low spinning chip that just went too far. 
I honestly think when he hit it, he probably hit it exactly how he wanted to, and I don't think he bladed it. I think just since the water on the greens make it a little slippery, the ball did just check until right when it was too late. But but I think I think that chip would have been better, honestly, if it wasn't if the greens weren't wet. Um, right, it, it did have that skid factor to it, and and that was his third shot on the hole. Just for our listeners to to understand, is is a drive went into the right hand rough. When to lay up, play the safe play because it, you know he had a five shot lead at this point, and he pitches it right over the green down into the water, and out comes the most interesting scenario I've ever seen in the game. Takes his drop, he picks up the tees, the ball is stationary. Okay, now he's going to be hitting what would be his fifth shot. Walks up to the green, and all of a sudden the ball rolls back down into the water. He clearly didn't cause it to move. But, you know, good old Slugger White, Justin, came on over there and told him that's a one-shot penalty to now take that ball out of the water and redrop it. I mean, incredible. What are your thoughts on that, Justin? Yeah, they that, that, that shouldn't be a penalty in my opinion. I get what he's saying by it's a shot to take it out of the hazard. Um, but but it just it doesn't make any sense. And like Ricky was saying, there should be a rule change on that. Honestly, if Slugger came over there, uh, by the water and told me that slugger would probably go in the water with my ball. Um, <laughs> but, but maybe not if I was leading the tournament at that point, <laughs> but, 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 but um, um, yeah, they got to change that. I believe they will eventually because there's no intent there whatsoever. And like he said, um, it's kind of the opposite of what the rule changes were meant to do was to like eliminate, uh, or like, like decipher what, which is intent. Um, and that, he obviously did not cause the ball to move, and he's leading the tournament, um, and the ball rolls in the water, and he gets penalized. It makes no sense. I mean, he shouldn't have hit it there to begin with, but, but that was kind of unfair. And it's very impressive he was able to mentally bounce back from that and still, still Right. I mean, he gets it up and down. He makes like a 25-foot putt for a triple. I mean, that has to go down as one of the great triple bogeys in yeah. Ricky Fowler's career. Yeah, it was like dead I mean, center, that- too. It was dead center, and then he goes on to bogey the 12th, and then that's where Grace slips into the lead. It went from a five-shot lead, you know, like I was referring to before. It went from a five-shot lead to a one-shot deficit for Ricky Fowler. And the fact that he was able to mentally handle that and continue to play solid golf, making birdies on on uh, 15, parring 16, which actually turned out to be a difficult hole in those conditions. The final round, people are missing the green left and right. Yeah. And then he, he goes on and, and birdies 17 and um, somehow, you know, hacks it out of the junk on the left-hand side in the church pew bunker on it's 18 par. and saves par. Yeah. So, I mean, unbelievable, absolutely incredible that, that Fowler had the, you know, the mental uh, capacity to, to hold it together because I know, Justin, many players in that situation would have completely crumbled after what happened to him. Yeah, especially with what had happened to him the past two years. Like, imagine what could be going through his mind. Like, had a five-shot lead on the back nine, choked away the last two tournaments here, and now he's got his whole family watching again, and that's what he was upset about last time, and now all of a sudden his five-shot lead turns into a deficit. Um, But but for some reason, when he made that triple bogey putt, I had a feeling he was going to pull it off. Just, like, the look on his face after that, I felt like he this was his time. But but many golfers there would would have probably finished with an eighty, honestly. Oh, well, they would have. I, I, I think you know he was setting Justin. I think plus five at one at one point in that round. Yeah, he was. I, I mean that for a leader of a golf tournament on the PGA Tour. I don't care what the conditions are. That's that's tough. I mean that's that's not where you, you want to be. <laughs> 
Um, but, you know, a guy who never really put the pressure on, I was talking about, you know, a little bit earlier, those pl- players who, who were able to apply that pressure, you know, it was Brendan Grace, who uh, is from South Africa. He, he's used to those conditions playing on the European tour a lot, the rough, rainy, cold, and that, that's what he, that's what the conditions were on Sunday in uh, Scottsdale. But a guy who I really looked to as I was watching the event yesterday to put that pressure on was Matt Kuchar, and he never was able to do it. He could not make any of the clutch putts that he needed to to get within shouting, shouting range of Ricky Fowler. And, you know, I think if he would have gotten a few putts to fall, I think he would have been very dangerous and actually very difficult for Ricky Fowler to beat. Yes. Just due to the fact he's won twice already this year. Yeah, two very recent wins. He's hot, and especially with them playing together, he would be seeing Kucher rolling birdie putts, and then he'd see himself at five over, um, and that would be another tough mental barrier. But, yeah, if Kucher could have played better, I think he would have had a very strong possibility of winning. But, honestly, I just believe this week was destined for Ricky Fowler to win, um, and and, and he, he did what he needed to do to, to bounce back from that and put up a solid enough score to where he had to make people come after him still. So. Um, right, Justin. I, th- I think this may be Ricky Fowler's year. This is the year that he needs to win a major. He's gotten off to a good start this season. It is time for him to really grind and find a way to, to win a major. Definitely. You know, this year, especially early. I think, you know, he can take advantage of the Masters, the PGA being early. I think he needs to pick up a major very quickly, get that confidence going. I think sky's the limit for him, to be honest. As soon as he can bust loose and win one, I think he's going to be a guy who could win five or six. Yeah, I, just a few years ago, he finished top five in all of the majors. So he's clearly capable of winning a major. And I believe what this last week did for him was strengthen him mentally going forward from here, being able to make a double and a triple in the final round and bounce back from that. Speaking of a double and triple, he was the first player since 1983 to make a double and triple in the final round and still still win the event. I don't know if you saw that graphic on the TV, but I thought I did. That, that, that was absolutely fantastic. A fascinating one there, Justin, you know, that's a really good point. Um, that That's unbelievable to think it's been that long ago since a player has won with a triple in the final round. I mean, that shows really how solid players have finished on the PGA tour. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, there can be a final round leader, that makes triples, but they probably don't end up winning. <laughs> they, right, they, they don't end up yeah. winning. Right, they probably don't fall back. Um, what it, what it shows though is, I, I think the one thing you can take away with that statistic: whoever's winning the tournament, they, they, I mean, they deserve it. They're not making mistakes. I mean, they are on fire. They're they're not going out there and making triple bogeys, you know, in the, yeah. in the final round. And this is a rare scenario where it actually happened. Well, honestly, um, he only made a double. Like he got kind of screwed with the triple, but. But, right. but on the scorecard, it was true. a triple. That is true. And th- and that's that's the rule where good old Slugger came came in <laughs> and uh, basically taught everyone a lesson, including the uh, the other players, uh, Justin Thomas and Matt Kuchar in that group. They were confused. I was confused watching it. Roger Maltby on uh, NBC even said it was a quadruple bogey because he got confused. <laughs> but it was only a triple. He thought it was somehow a two-shot penalty. I was so confused. I, I was screaming at the television. Couldn't believe what I was seeing um, because those scenarios where players, you know, really make huge mistakes like that are so few and far between. Obviously, you had Jordan a few years ago at the Masters Ooh. on hole 12, choking away on the back nine. But, I mean, I haven't seen something like this in quite a while. Yeah, if it was a two-shot penalty, that would just be completely uncalled. Oh. That'd be insane. Like, 
like no intent, and then he's leading the round or leading the tournament, and and then the final round that happens, like the ball rolls in the water, water and gets a two shot penalty. Like one, one's bad enough, but but two would be two would be brutal. Uh, another statistic is seventy four is what he shot, and that's the highest score ever of a waste management champion, I believe, in eighty one years. And the that, that's system. incredible. That is incredible, right there. You know, Justin, another you know huge point that you can take away from from the tournament, and, and kind of a lesson that can be taught to the, to the USGA. Something needs to be done about the rule, or it's a penalty if a caddy lines up a player. It needs to be rephrased. It needs to be analyzed by a committee and specified. There, there's there are too many scenarios there there's so much gray area involved with the ruling it needs to be more detailed or just completely eliminated i understand its purpose its purpose is to prevent caddies especially the caddies on the lpj tour standing behind the player and saying oh you moved you need to aim a little bit further right you're aimed a little bit too far far left slows up play it's ridiculous it's honestly absurd if you're on tour you should know what you're doing in the first place and get your alignment correct um but you can see these guys that are out there that are just looking at their yardage book. These caddies are looking at their yardage book, trying to help their player and their player, you know, is just trying to get the feel of their shot. They step up and address the ball and just kind of do a couple practice swings over it. No, no really intent to hit the ball at all. And that's what happened to a young man this past tournament, Denny McCarthy. He um, got up over his ball, a couple of practice swings and his caddy was behind him looking at the yardage book. They were still discussing what shot to hit <laughs> Then McCarthy backed up, realigned the shot, kind of looked at his target, did a couple practice swings, then behind the ball and stepped back up to the ball and hit the shot. And at that point, his caddy was all the way over by the bat. Oh. And they called this a penalty under Rule 10-2B. Uh, and later, after analyzing it a little bit further, after a lot of people were complaining, the PGA Tour then rescinded the penalty and uh, it turned his 67 after that penalty into a 65, wow. which is a big difference. Yeah, and probably big difference in the paycheck also. Exactly. Uh, and that that's just uh, so dumb. Like how, like if a, if a caddy is looking at a yardage book, it's pretty obvious that he's not secretly trying to line the player up because they're not going to go out there and try, and try and break a rule sneakily to just get like better alignment. Like if you're a good enough golfer, you should just be able to align yourself. Uh, if if you need someone standing right behind you lining you up, then you probably won't make it to the PGA Tour because you won't have like a good enough awareness of where you're hitting the shot. So so it, just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I get it if there's a caddy right behind them, especially on the PGA Tour, saying aim a little left, aim a little right. Then that is obvious intent, and they will be able to decipher if that's obvious intent, and then there can be a penalty for that. Still, two shots seems seems pretty heinous like one shot i think would be enough but but um i mean but. justin this rule i think has turned into a, actually a complete catastrophe you're seeing you know multiple situations in the tournament on sunday and, and even saturday it was mainly over the weekend where you saw these scenarios caddies getting like i know ricky fowler um his caddy and justin thomas's caddy they had a couple situations where they had to like get out of the way quickly yeah um, because they're just like oh my goodness i'm actually just standing behind my player even though he's up somewhere up somewhere near the ball but you know they could call us a penalty literally they're almost like diving out of the way it's <laughs> like they're you know it's like they're getting something thrown at them rock <laughs> through i mean it's honestly it's stupid it's childish it's silly 
They need to rephrase the rule, set down, make it more understandable, because ultimately their intention for, on this rule was a good one, but it's turned, you know, in a direction that I don't think they, they, they foresaw it to go. Um, and they just need to look at it and make the change that's necessary. Yeah. Um, it seems like the rules that they made was to speed up play and like eliminate a bunch of these questionable scenarios from happening. But it seems like to start this golf season, it's been much, much more present than last season uh, prior to the rule changes. I know we did the one podcast and we agreed with many of the rules. I believe we still do agree with many of the rules, but it seems like when a round's going on, this is it's doing the exact opposite of what they were trying to have happen. Right. I, I just think that, that this weekend, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, it really sort of sort of put the limelight on on, on this rule and then really singled it out among all the other rule changes and said, this is the one that's going to really create some problems um, and, and a lot of controversy. I think they need to clear this up quickly. I think they need to call an emergency meeting and just clear it up before the rest of the season uh, goes on just so we don't have any of these, uh, uh, honestly, terrifyingly sad controversy during a major championship because that would be that would be literally catastrophic yeah like dustin johnson a while back when he was when he was standing on the uh the bunkers that people like right yeah like that mean there were people on them all whistling straight yeah there were people just like that was a walking area and he thought that was probably just like a dirt patch or manded down dirt patch from that people were walking on and it's the final hole of a major championship that he was leading like granted he did kind of give it away leading up to that but also the like the last hole was brutal because he didn't even know he grounded his club and he hit the shot and then two shots and then took him out of the playoffs so that, that that's another example and then just with the ball rolling in the water I think that's ridiculous that that should be a penalty because say the ball is at the top of a hill and and then it just like rolls the same distance that that ball rolled in the water like four feet away then what do you just leave the ball there or do you replace <laughs> it and is that a penalty for the ball just moving randomly because if the ball if it's not a penalty for the ball randomly moving at a different spot on the course it doesn't make sense for it to be a penalty for the ball to randomly move into the water like that it, i don't understand exactly that that's an excellent point there justin that rule seems to be specifically i never even knew that was a rule in the first place until slugger this weekend uh claimed it to be a rule <laughs> Uh, I, I, I never knew that was a rule, and it's definitely not a rule that applies all the way around the golf course because on the putting green, you get to replace the ball in, in, in a certain scenario. Other scenarios, you play it from where it moves. But, I, I mean, it's, it's honestly ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. But, but, Justin, how about sort of moving on here to, to our next topic? How about Sergio Garcia at the Saudi International Tournament th- this past weekend? What were your thoughts on, on what occurred with him? I actually haven't seen the footage of him destroying the greens, but I heard that that's what he was doing, was destroying the greens and frustration. And I believe it after seeing a clip of him destroying a bunker after hitting a poor bunker shot. And um, I I don't know. I guess he was frustrated with the course, and um, he wanted to let the course know it. Uh, I think he was probably not in a very good state of mind going into that event based off of the practice round footage I saw. And... Um, I mean, he says he agrees with the disqualification and it won't happen again. So I believe him on that. And uh, hopefully we don't see Sergio destroying any more greens. I mean, I think it's kind of funny, but I don't know why he would do it. Um, just, just destroyed like 
your club if you're if you're angry like <laughs> of course um i don't know i mean I know. It, it is it, it's honestly funny but on the other side it's incredibly sad i mean to see a major champion a guy who's won the masters the yep. masters a major champion supposed to be a guy who you know everyone in the golfing world looks up to and you know he just got married he has he has a kid just had a kid and now he's out on the golf course having incredible anger issues why would you be angry you just won the masters yeah, you both, years ago and, i mean he, yeah. he should be i you know i don't care you know if a player wins the masters once and shoots 80 the rest of the time they should always be happy <laughs> and thankful they won the masters and he's out here in a tournament that really doesn't mean a whole lot, the Saudi International, and he's getting upset. And just damaging greens, affecting basically the play in the whole tournament, um, even though, you know, now this year with the new rule change, you can fix those those damages on the green. But who knows, you know, Justin, like you said about the video footage, none of us have gotten access to it. Nobody oh. really knows what it looked wow. like, um, uh, you know, on the putting greens. I don't even know if there were cameras out there at the time. Uh, but we do know that it actually happened. And, you know, based off that, you know, that bunker rage video that you sent me today, Justin, on, on Instagram, um, it's definitely, definitely believable that, that he took out the greens, you know, with that anger, that same anger that he had in that bunker. Um, you know, for the listeners who haven't seen the video or don't know a whole lot about the scenario, I mean, Sergio is taking like literal swings, people, you know, who aren't the aren't very familiar with golf and, and how people get angry, but people take swings at the ground sometimes. And what Sergio apparently was doing was taking swings at the ground, taking divots, taking chunks out of the green, and also doing that in the bunker as well. It's not so bad in the bunker. It just makes you look like a, a pouting child out there, <laughs> basically. Um, and it's overall just embarrassing. Uh, rule uh, 1-2A got him disqualified. Um, which I think is actually a great rule. You should get disqualified if you do something like that. Uh, so ridiculous as, as to what Sergio Garcia did. Um, you know, Justin, you were referring to uh, sort of Sergio's statement. Um, I have Sergio's statement, you know, exactly word for word here. Uh, he says, quote, I respect the decision of my disqualification. In frustration, I damaged a couple of greens, and I apologize for that. So he apologizes. I think it's genuine, but... You, you you really have to, to have to back up you know back up your uh your words there with your actions on the golf course and we'll see what he does the rest of the year yeah. we'll see if, you, if this could change him and make him a different person a different player that that's more calm out there on the golf course yeah yeah he'll have to prove that statement um i'm not going to hold it against him uh but that was definitely childish of what he did but i he has a great legacy and um hopefully he can uh, learn to manage his his temper on the golf course because then he can continue to carry on his legacy. I mean, if he won the Masters a couple years ago, he's capable of winning another big tournament. And if he's going to rage like that, he's not capable of winning another big tournament. That's, that's right. So, so right. I guess we'll see what he learns from it and uh, hopefully he can uh, start enjoying himself a little more. Justin, I'm so excited for this next weekend or this next, you know, Thursday through Sunday. The AT&T Pebble Beach program, always a very exciting tournament. The, the, the pros pair up with, with amateurs, you know, different celebrities, whether it's Tom Brady, you know, Bill Belichick, who just won the Super Bowl, or if it's Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Bill Murray, all these different celebrities are out there playing golf alongside the pros. There's, there's sort of a team game, and then there's an individual winner for, for all the professionals. So it's like a, 
it's like a real serious tournament inside sort of a more fun tournament. So it's a very interesting dynamic. The players will play Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula, and Spyglass Hill the first three days in different rotations. Uh, some players will start at Pebble, some will start at Spyglass, others will start at Monterey. And then those who make the cut will play the final round. The, the cut is after three days, very unique in this golf tournament. Uh, those will play the, uh, the final round at uh, Pebble Beach. And uh, it will be a very exciting final round. It always is. But, Justin, based off of how exciting last weekend was, how excited are you for, the, for this week? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Pebble Beach is one of the best courses in the United States and probably the world. I mean, definitely the world. Um, and then you got some crazy swings you're going to be seeing, some, some crazy celebrities you're going to be seeing, and it's just going to be a very fun atmosphere to be around. Um, one swing to look out for is, uh, I believe his name is Hosung Choi. From mm-hmm. from the uh, I don't know what tour uh, somewhere in Asia the, I think it's the Asian tour oh I Asian believe. tour I didn't yeah. know it was just called eight well yeah from the Asian tour and uh, he's a a recent winner on there so he's very very good actually and he has a very bizarre swing and very bizarre follow throughs on pots on chips on any swing or any stroke so so uh, he's got a very interesting and. Um, an enthusiastic personality and uh it seems to be working for him so i believe he's playing with who's he playing with like aaron Rodgers. yeah he's playing with aaron Rodgers. uh it was a grouping a pairing that was set up a long time ago probably almost a month ago uh when uh aaron Rodgers, i believe requested to be paired with uh Hosung Choi. so oh wow wow that's gonna be, be very, very entertaining but what also is going to be entertaining is the star-studded field that we have this week we have the likes of uh, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Kuchar, Tony Finau, Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, Brendan Grace, Patrick Reed, and uh, Paul Casey. So loaded field. Uh, Justin, who's your favorite out of that list? Man, I honestly don't know. Did you say Phil's in there? Phil, yes. Phil I'm taking Phil. He likes it. Why, why is that? I honestly don't know out of that list who I believe will win the event, but but Phil at Pebble Beach, I think he just I think he he wants to uh, he wants to play well there. Definitely, isn't the U.S. Open there this year? Mm-hmm. He, the U.S. Uh, Open yeah, is he there. He wants to play well there. He wants to play that, well there this week. Then that's a great point, Justin. Phil has always played well at Pebble Beach. He's traditionally played well in this tournament. Um, he, he always finds his, his way up there in contention. Um, I look for him to have a good week as well. Um, you know, a guy who I'm who who I'm going to pick this week um, has has come really close. Um, he he's been off for for a while, um, but he had a great tournament two weeks ago at the Farmers Insurance, and that's Adam Scott. Yeah, I think Adam Scott. This is his week. He he got into a rhythm. He then he had a week off, going to refine his game a little bit, and I think he's going to come out on fire. That's a good point uh, for this tournament and. And I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna pull off, pull off the uh, the victory. I think it. I think Mickelson will be up there, Justin. I, I think he will, and I think other guys, you know, like uh, Jordan Spieth, he's had a rough year um, so far. I think he could be up there in contention. DJ just coming off a win on the European Tour, uh, he's on fire. I'm excited. I think this tournament will go to a playoff, though, Justin. This is going to be our playoff week. We've had multiple mm-hmm. weeks in a row without a playoff. It's about time for the fans to, to create the excitement. Yeah, a playoff would be awesome. Um, 
hopefully it'll just be between uh, Phil and Adam Scott. That'd be <laughs> that would be, be excellent. Imagine how good that would be for the game of golf. Oh, that'd be that'd be huge. That's two of the biggest names of the last decade and two decades um, in the game. Both multiple master champions, I believe. I believe Adam Scott's won twice. Um, so yeah, that'd that'd be awesome. I believe right. they're both going to do very well this week. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Um, Jordan. I believe in Jordan, but I also – I don't know if I believe in him this week. I, I want him to do well. He's one of my favorite golfers, um, and uh, I, I want him to, to get back to where he was over the past few years. But um, yeah, I'm just not really feeling him this week. Hey, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a reason, just a, just a sense. Oh, prove me wrong. <laughs> Jordan, go out there and prove Justin wrong. <laughs> so, you know, Justin, sort of coming to an end of our – for action-packed uh, episode four of the podcast here, I want to bring the viewers' attention, the listeners' attention, to a golf course in Scotland. This is going to be our featured golf course of the week. It's actually a golf course that I'm going to get the opportunity to play um, this next summer. I'm very, very excited. It's called North Berwick. It's in North Berwick, okay? And Berwick is actually pronounced in Scotland. This golf course is pronounced as North Berwick. So, like, <laughs> the barracks, like North yeah. Berwick. That's how it's pronounced. And this golf course is the third oldest golf course in the world. Wow. Behind St. Andrews and another golf course. It starts with an M that I'm really not quite sure where it's at. I don't think it's in Scotland. Um, this golf course, like I said, is the third oldest. Built in, like, 18, like, 40 something wow um very incredible it's alongside the ocean it has several holes with kind of an old stone wall that goes through it incredible contours on the greens the final hole is very similar to the 18th at at st andrews it comes in you got the town on the right it's a drivable par four with the clubhouse behind i'm very excited to play it for all the listeners out there look up this golf course check it out check out the images it's it's truly just an just an interesting golf course to go online and look at, you know, if you have nothing to do and just want to sort of relax and look at relax relaxing pictures. <laughs> this is the this is the course to do it. Um, north Barrick, so North. Everyone knows how to spell North, but Barrick is spelled B E R W I C K. So look it up, check it out, um, and you know, feel free to message Justin and I back. Let us know your thoughts on the golf course. And uh, always, you know, message us. Let us know if there are any golf courses out there that you feel like we should feature um, for each of our episodes. If there are any interesting golf courses around the world. We like to make the golf courses outside the U.S. just to make it more obscure and interesting. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, bring, uh, bring light to golf courses that not many people know about. And then give them the recognition that they, uh, that they deserve. So... Interesting course there, Justin. I think that would be a very fun golf course to go play. You know, yeah. for us to go play sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah, over in Scotland, and I'm sure you'll have uh, some very interesting stories about that course on the podcast shortly after exactly. that. So, so this is a little preview into that, and then um, you'll have to let us know what the course is like in person. Definitely, we'll be having. You know, that, that could be a week where we have multiple podcasts a week just after every golf course I play in Scotland. And, you know, a shorter podcast, probably like a 15, 20-minute just recap of, of the golf course and, you know, get get Justin's thoughts on, on you know, my thoughts and, and, and things like that. Um, and we can just have a nice discussion and keep everybody sort of in the loop. But that's a, that's a long way from now. We've got a lot, of more, a lot more podcasts in between 
uh, that one and or this one and that one. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to conclude this um, this podcast as always with a quote. And the quote of the week is from Arnold Palmer. He says, and this, this quote can be applied to the Sergio Garcia situation. He says, quote, always make a total effort, even when the odds are against you. Justin, what do you take away from that a quote from that quote? And how do you apply it to the game of golf? I believe the odds are pretty much always stacked against you. Um, the field's always got a higher chance of winning than you do. And um, you're never going to be like favored in an event until you're, you're one of the best golfers in the world. So I believe what that quote is saying is just give it all you got with uh, no, no personal mental barriers holding you back saying I'm, I only can do this or I'm not good out of the bunkers or anything. You just each shot, you give it everything you have and you see what that ends up as at the end of the day. And um, that's how you maximize the potential from yourself. And then who knows what that will lead to rather than thinking that the odds are stacked against you the whole round. So I believe that's what he's saying there. And then look what, look at his legacy. Exactly. (laughs) One of the the greatest of all time. Uh, You know, Justin, that that, that was a great, great take there on that quote. I I see it, you know, when it has to, has to do with someone starting off around or even finishing around, I see it toward the end, the beginning and, and end of a round where a player makes like, three or four bogeys in a row. How are you going to respond to that? Are you just going to give in and kind of, if you bogey hole 12, 13, 14, 15, are you just going to, you know, just kind of want to get into the clubhouse and have a hot dog and, you know, drink a Coke and and, and be done and kind of slap it in for like an 80? Are you going to grind it out and shoot that 77 that could make the difference between, you know, your team, whether it's in high school, your team winning and losing, or even yourself, if it's tough conditions out there from having a top 10 finish to a, a top 20 finish, and that can be a big difference when it comes down to points in junior tournaments, as well as AJGA stars and all sorts of sorts of other, you know, things that people play for. Never giving up, no matter, you know, whether the odds are, are against you, it, it is a very, very important quality on the golf course um, that, that really cannot be underestimated. Um, and you know, Justin, you were just, we were just discussing this actually before we came on, uh, air for this podcast, uh, about the, uh, tournament this, uh, summer, I believe it is July 18th yep. at Pine Valley, the, the team championship, uh, to best ball format, two players enter on a team, play 18 holes and best ball. Whoever has the, uh, the lowest score at the end is a, is a team winner. Um, and Justin was saying, you know, our strategy needs to be. Never give up. Give everything you have on every single shot. And that that you can take that, you know, straight from this quote, just like Justin uh, referred to in his analysis. Uh, so very powerful quote. Uh, we've covered a lot today on the podcast. We always appreciate, you know, Justin, I know you, you appreciate as well all of our, our listeners. We've gotten a lot of listeners out there, Justin, you know, between mm-hmm. this last the last podcast and this one. I think we got up to uh, to around 50 um, and, and uh we really appreciate that, and um, we'll be back here. What do you think, Justin? Another another week or so, probably yeah. after um, after the Pebble Beach program. We'll give them kind of a, a recap after that. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And then um, maybe we'll have some other golf stories by then, more than likely. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we will. Golfing world, and then our golfing adventures in Fort Wayne, Indiana, in the snow. Um, <laughs> right. Hopefully, hopefully, Justin, we'll be able to get out to uh, Sycamore this next weekend and hit some balls on the. Uh, 
in the academy there out into the uh, out, out onto the range and maybe play some some games of horse or pig. Yeah. You know, just kind of shot shaping, having some fun. And yeah, that'd be sweet. We'll have some stories from that for the uh, for listeners to kind of make it a little bit more personalized with our with our own games because obviously you know we can't we we aren't playing in tournaments right now because of the weather. Um, <laughs> we're waiting. We're I was just discussing with Justin, you know, before this podcast how excited we are for the season to start. I mean, I'm starting to go crazy setting <laughs> inside. And, and, you know, obviously I get a, hit a lot of golf balls over at the academy. But um, it's definitely tough when you can't get out on the golf course and play. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've hardly even been swinging. I mean, I sw- swing probably once once or twice a week. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've been crazy, trust me, not being able to play <laughs> on the golf course. Um, but yeah, watching I mean, these tournaments don't it doesn't really help because it makes you want to get out there even more. Yeah, especially <laughs> when you see like how crappy they like hit the ball on like a third of their shots. It's like I can do better than that right now. Throw me out there, but but yeah, I mean our, our time will come here in the next couple months to get back out on the course, and then we're gonna have several tournaments shortly after that, and uh, I'm sure we'll get we'll get our our golfing dosage um, over the, over this over this next season. Definitely. Definitely. And I think it'll even, you know, sort of make our, our podcast a little bit more flowerful and uh, colorful and exciting uh, for the uh, for the listeners out there when we start getting into our personalized stories, because you never know what's going to happen on the golf course. Um, and uh, the scenarios, some of the situations that happen out there are just really special and, and downright hilarious sometimes. Yeah. So, Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to the uh, fourth episode of the Carson and Justin 2019 Golf Podcast. Covered a lot today, everything from the waste management to the uh, fascinating caddy lineup rule to uh, Sergio Garcia and the uh, Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am coming up this next weekend. We hope you all tune into that and really watch some fantastic golf between some of the greatest golfers in the world. We thank you all for for listening, for tuning in, for being big advocates of our podcast. Um, And we hope you will tune in to episode five coming to you next week. Thanks again for tuning in. And we hope all of you have a fantastic week. See ya. Thanks for listening, everybody.